do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. This is Citizen Watch. Presents News Talk 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. As you ever said, Winton, Elmido. River Valley. Snelling. And Merced Falls. Hey, you can't forget Merced Falls. They're out there somewhere. Oh, there's so many things going on. Here we are Saturday morning, November 20th. Right before the... Oh, we'll go out with that. And uh, right before the holiday, the start of the holidays. Actually, I think October's the start of the holidays. Uh, Halloween. The end of October, people start getting into the holiday spirit. We will start playing Christmas music soon. Not on KYOS. On the old K97.5, Dave Luna looks forward to that. So, so forward to that every year. Start playing the holiday Christmas songs. Some stations around the valley started way before we do, which is November. What do we start? I think it's next Monday. Is it Monday? It's soon. Either that or it's right after Thanksgiving, which is coming up next Thursday. A lot of people get two days off, which when you couple that with the weekend is a big four-day weekend. We will be here next week with some new content. I don't know who. I had a listener ask me, hey, who's your guest this week? Which makes me believe they're getting tired of listening to me. So we'll try to get somebody on. Maybe we'll do a call-in with Dayron McDaniel, Supervisor McDaniel. It's always fun to call him early in the morning. But here we are, mandate-free, Studio C. Saturday, again, I, I did say it was November 20th, right before the holiday. OSHA has come back and said, well, we're not going to enforce those rules. A big stand down, but not the administration. <laughs> no. No, they'd like voluntary mandate compliance without the enforcement arm. OSHA reacting to the 5th District Court last weekend after we came to you a stay, uh, very strongly worded about personal liberties, those type, you know, constitutional things, those icky things that get in the way of the current administration. So, very, very nice to see. Uh, some common sense, at least coming from the agency charged with enforcing OSHA, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, try to make this a workplace hazard of a exigent circumstance, i.e. the mandate. And it's just not going to fly in the courts. Everybody sees this. Again, the current administration struggling. What are they at? A, are they below 30% yet? You know, you wonder about these polls, how accurate they are. And if you don't think the pollsters are trying to get every point, you know, the plus or minus 10%, the margin of error, the mo, is uh, quite heavy for the mo that's in office. Anyway, uh, talk about a margin of error. Merced County Times, our favorite newspaper, our favorite newspaper, Merced County Times has a wonderful video that was at a film fest last weekend over there at the Merced Theater. Lots going on at the Merced Theater. Friday night, I went to Carlos Mencia. That was quite interesting, quite fun. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. People were afraid to laugh, my friends. It was it was really sad. But then people finally got into it. Anyway, the Merced County Times have a, has a film regarding COVID-19 called COVID-19. So if you've got 27 minutes 
that you can take out of your life. This is part one of a two-parter, kind of covers the local scene and COVID-19. Some really nice video, sound effects, uh, music, background stuff, all that. John Whitaker, a lot of folks over there at the Merced County Times with the help of the production staff uh, producing this film. You go on YouTube, the Merced County Times YouTube channel. Believe it or not, they have one. I think there's uh, eight or nine, 10, 19 videos, something like that. Anyway, COVID-19 there, so I would uh, encourage you to see that. Now, the one you really don't want to miss is part two which I am in. Again, they covered the local scene, media, the press, how they uh, covered this pandemic, as you know, and being an essential worker with the communications workers of it. Well, we're not unionized, but being in the communications field, we are essential, and we have never left the airwaves or the job, as you know, if you listen. So we were featured, we being the radio station, were featured in part two. I don't know when part two comes out, but you don't want to miss it. Anyway, what are we going to talk about? Searching, oh, I made some notes here. You know, they're searching for a new Merced City School District Superintendent. Folks uh, know by now, Rosemary Parker Duran left a long time ago, a couple of years, and they got Al Rogers. You can call me Al, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood from Sacramento. Came on down, uh, brought a lot of baggage, had a whole baggage car with him. Did not last long. Uh, resigned, uh, put on leave under a cloud of accusations. So anyway, now they're on for a new search for a new Merced County School District superintendent. All I can suggest to the recruitment folks over there, I know they pay a lot of money to these consultants, these headhunters, these recruitment specialists all over there. Do not use Tinder. Do not use any of these social media app dating apps to try to recruit a superintendent. I don't know if they did that last time, but it didn't work out well. Wherever you found this gentleman, previous superintendent, they have an interim guy that's doing okay. The board over there, as you know, the Merced City School District Board has had a uh, new member come on in Alan Brooks. Of course, Mr. Cox, who was on the board for a long time, resigned and then tried to regain his seat. One of the things that Mr. Cox said in his bid to regain his seat was he wanted to improve the literacy rate among the children. I think he said 7 out of 10 don't make it. And I would hope Mr. Brooks, uh, as the new board member over there, trustee, would keep his eyes on that goal and uh, would improve that. Man, if we could get to 50%, when did that wouldn't that be wonderful? So the point being is, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, the Christmas parade. Can you believe it? The Christmas parade here in Merced this year is not going to be a real parade. No more lining the streets. No more lining the sidewalks. You know, the kids sitting on the curb waiting for Santa. You know, with their lists, their, their wide eyes, the anticipation, the hopefulness of the season. Christmas. No, no, no. Can't do that. No, the COVID. Does anybody still? <laughs> it's called COVID-19. Okay. 19. 2019. Here it is. 2021. Why don't we just call it COVID-22? There are two worlds when it comes out there to the COVID. There's those that believe and those that don't. And Christmas is a great time 
to illustrate that. Those that believe in Santa and those that don't. I just don't get this. COVID-19, here we are having the virtual this, the, the backwards this, the, the, the reverse this. Let's get back to normal. You know, we saw some normalcy at the city council meeting this week. The city of Merced, man, talk about a breath of fresh air. There's not a window in that joint, but you could smell the fresh air. As Kevin Blake, mayor, pro tem, and I'm going to drop the pro tem. That guy, you talk about knowing how to run a meeting. But why can't we have a Christmas parade, a real Christmas parade? You get the fire trucks, you get the supervisors up there throwing the the butter mints, whatever they, you know, hurling the the lollipops. But no, we're going to have a reverse parade. And let me tell you, we are reversed out. People have had it. Veterans Day was the straw. You got guys that hit a beach and a landing craft had machine gun fire. Watching their buddies drop. And you can't have a parade? Have you been to Home Depot? Have you been to Lowe's? Have you been to any events? I was at Carlos Mancia. There wasn't, well, they made you wear the mask to get in. But you were side by side. You know, they didn't have uh, every other seat. I mean, what is this? There was no N95s. Follow the science. Man, we've lost our way. Follow the science. No, you know, you guys, no, no. What we have is followers not leaders. And it's so sad. And so for Christmas this year, you're going to have to drive down Main Street like last year. Big traffic jam. You know, get there on R. You know, worm your way down through uh, Main Street, the one-way main. You're going to have the floats, the people, Santa, sitting there on the sidewalk. I mean, then you go by the uh, Living Nativity, which is 13th and G., I don't know why they just don't pave a little road through that. Why don't we just roll people through that? You want to have a, a reverse? <laughs> anyway, Christmas parade's not going to be real this year, folks. Not going to be real. Once again, stolen from us. Are we going to put the fair on hold? Is the fair board uh, thinking, well, you know, I don't know. Gosh, you know, the, the Delta, the Delta. When are we going to get out of this? When is it going to be COVID? Is it what, COVID-22, COVID-23? Why don't we just rename it? Why don't we just rename it? I'm tired of it. And I think this Christmas parade, well, I guess it's too late. I guess they've made the decision. Anyway. Went to a nice event last week, Judge Qual. Uh, it was the medical mission, the 2021 medical mission. Over there, they, they go to Africa. Let me get this out here. I don't want to. I don't want to be incorrect. Merced County Times, again, most wonderful paper here. Had a, a great coverage of this. As you can see, I can, oh, here it is. Local residents gathered to support the African auction. It was over the Hofmeister Center last, what was it, Friday night, Saturday night? It must have been Saturday night. Uh, auction included all kinds of different uh, neat stuff. It's the Medical Mission trip, 2021, and they go to Kenyan communities and do medical work. Well attended, great auction, really nice. All the young people there, really good. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of community support. So, again, I want to thank... Uh, the people that invited me to sit at their table, and we were successful in the dessert. It was kind of neat. They had this dessert auction where you just put money in an envelope. Every table had an envelope. They had enough desserts for every table, which was, hey, let me tell you, party planners, that's an idea. Instead of, you know, 15 or 50 tables fighting over 20 desserts, they had a, a dessert for every table. 
they they weren't you know i mean they weren't all extravaganzas you know i mean just these creations of sugary art but uh you know plate of cupcakes cookies things like that and every table based on the amount of money they gave got the you know first second third 37th choice 20 seconds you ran over to the tables with all the desserts you grabbed the one you wanted brought it back to your table and shared with everybody it's really a nice event a lot of fellowship and again that hofmeister center was uh, was really really busy so very very nice time wanted to say again thank you for that and of course judge qual just an absolutely wonderful Wonderful host, uh, former judge of Robert Qualls now. Let's see. Oh, also last weekend attended the Central California Band Review. Great turnout over there. Uh, Golden Valley neighborhood. They didn't want the Walmart distribution center, but hey, a bunch of wind and brass instruments, drums, no problema. Uh, really good turnout. Again, the, the commitment on not only the young people's parts, but also the parents, band parents, different group, band people, different group. It's good to see the school district supporting it. Interesting how some districts, I mean, they had uh, they had these star wagons, their own porta potties, uh, you know, tents, uh, changing rooms, concierge service. You know, if you wanted tickets to the park, it was unbelievable. And then some of the schools, unfortunately, some of the local ones, you know, they're out there in the parking lot on a tarp, getting changed. But again, very very good. Uh, no matter what the accoutrements were brought by the different schools. A lot of great competition, and congratulations to the local bands that participated. Hey, we got to get out of this segment. It goes quick. Nothing virtual here. That's right. Every week, it's real. No reverse, no... Uh... When are we going to get back to normal? Come on. COVID-19, 19, 2019. Let's live. Remember what I said last week? You know what's worse than dying? Not living. Let's start living again, folks. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch, Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Yeah, answered my prayers. Here we are, Saturday morning. I'm Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS. Hey, uh, so happy to have you with us. Second segment, the 8 a.m. hour. November 20th, right before the holiday. That's right. Let me put this on pause. Thanksgiving. Turkey Day. No, not John Pedroza's birthday. No, it's Turkey Day. Thanksgiving. The big day. That's right. What is the price of, I think they said the price of the meal is about, uh, what, 300% more than it is than it was last year. Everything. Inflation has gone up. Have you seen gas? Hee-chihuahua. Uh, four some a gallon. And that's over there at Costco where it's supposedly cheap. Boy, people are in line jockeying. 
People are so desperate for gas at Costco, they'll go on the opposite side of where their fill-up is. Because they just want to get in and get out before the price goes up. I've seen a change in line. Have you seen that? You pull in, it's four ninety, and uh, you get up there, it's uh, hovering at four ninety nine. It's it's really, really bad. And don't get me don't get me talking about diesel. I don't see how the farmers, the truckers, anybody does it. Hey, you know we have so much to cover. Let's get into it. People are tired of hearing me rattle on. Even though I can tell you, I'm going to miss Santa. I wonder if they'll have Santa at the mall, or are they going to have him in a glass bubble? Also, Christmas is coming one way or another. And I really wish we could get back to normal. Let's see. Let's go on, on, on to the Merced City Council meeting. Like I said, it was a different council meeting. It was quick. It was efficient. It was well-ran. There were only six people there. The person that was missing was the mayor... I believe he was at a football game, something very important. And Kevin Blake, Mayor Pro Tem, was charged with running the meeting, and run it he did. Let me tell you this. Like I say, there wasn't a window in the joint, but the, the fresh air was just blowing through the room. Because we've, we've covered the last several council meetings. All you have to do is go to 1480kyos.com there in the podcast you can find them. 200 and uh, what, 240 shows almost now. The last few meetings, six, seven hours long. Uh, very, very uh, acrimonious. Very, very uh, unruly at times. And this time it was a different world. So let's start right with Mayor Pro Tem's comment right from the giddy up, right from the start. Talking about uh, how it's going to go, setting the tone for decorum. Not only for the public, but dare I say the council? That's right. Use your press to speak button. Uh, make sure you do that. Jennifer, we move on. Now, let me tell you, that city clerk, they were on top of it. And I think they liked it. And it didn't go more than, what, three hours. So anyway, let's get right into what Mayor Pro Tem Kevin Blake, who's termed out next year in District 4, said at the start of the meeting. There is no report out of closed session. Jennifer, I do have a couple quick points of decorum and order uh, for the meeting I want to go over real quick um, prior to moving on. Um, if you're here to speak, um, please address the city council. The purpose of public speaking um, and even speaking on agenda items is to address the city council, not the audience or staff. Uh, any profane language? Uh, will not be tolerated. Um, if you use profanity, I'll give you one warning. If you continue to do so, I'll have you removed from the chambers. Um, any abusive language or treatment towards our staff will be treated the same way. Um, if you're here to speak on a topic, please speak on uh, the topic you're here to speak on. If it's an agenda item, please wait for that. Um, if it's not, public comment is, is perfectly fine, but just to kind of be clear you have one chance to speak on a specific topic no exceptions um and as you can see we're all back up here on the dice it's nice to be back up here with my uh, uh counterparts um and just for the council for purposes of being up here uh please utilize your your box here for voting um and your request to speak button as well and i'll call on you when the time is appropriate thank you jennifer you can continue and continue they did i'm going to jump ahead there was a public comment by a gentleman that took a little issue with how the meeting was ran last time. 
And I want to play that because, again, it was a different meeting this week at the Merced City Council meeting. Mr. Sanford, good evening. Good evening, Council, Mayor Pro Tem, City Manager. I'd like to hit very briefly on the last meeting because I'm kind of a little upset about it. I appreciate, Kevin, you starting off tonight talking about you're not going to put up with the, the bad acts and the, the vulgarity. I appreciate that. I really do. We need leadership. What uh, Mr. Azari was called old white man, old rich man. I didn't appreciate it. Not one person on this council stood up for him. It really bothered me and still does. So rather than go to the bad, I want to talk a little bit about the good or maybe what could be good. We have a, no policy for council members that act badly. Maybe what we do is need a little policy. Like one, if you if you've been accused of something bad, you come to the council, have a quick vote, and you can suspend that person for one meeting, meaning, A, the next meeting they can't phone in or attend. They can't have anything to do with it. B, they would lose half their, their, half their monthly stripend, or stripend, excuse me, and it would be that. Just end it right there. You've, you've been bad, and here it is. I've been suspended at work. Most of you probably have at some point in your life when you're young. It happens. If it happens three times in a 12-month period, then you forfeit your seat on the council. You don't deserve to be there. But I think the problem was last time, there's only this great thing that can happen, and it's really bad. Maybe we need a little few small steps in between. And I would appreciate if anybody wants to talk about it sometime. And I thank you for your time. Thank you for your comments. So I think it's interesting that this gentleman addressed the concern uh, about the leadership and how the leadership is very, very important. Also, that there really wasn't any consequence at the last city council meeting to some of the behavior by Councilwoman Bertha Perez, and it was felt that a censure was the only option. And I'm not so sure if that's true, a reprimand, or just a rebuke from the dais, I think would have been appropriate, but it seemed that there was a fixation on one incident only with Mr. Rosari's uh, complaint, there was many other issues brought forward. So again, it was kind of refreshing to see maybe having that issue revisited in case these things come up again, because it's potential that they are. Then they got into the public comment, and this is where Kevin, uh, in the last meeting, had talked about the universal basic income when the discussion came before the council. It was uh, turned down on a four to three vote to go with uh, two and a half million dollars to the youth of Merced for a two and a half year pilot program or two year pilot program, I believe it was, $400 to a certain number of youth every month. That was turned down by the majority of the council. But Kevin kind of, uh, I don't know if he was trying to placate the crowd at the time. Again, this was not at the last meeting. This was the meeting that happened the first of November. And he talked about giving people, uh, essential workers, maybe, you know, again, the definition was vague because when he was asked about agricultural workers, farm workers, he said no. But he had a limit of about $30,000 in his mind that if you made that amount, uh, potentially getting a one-time check, I guess, from the city. So some people took issue with that, came up uh, at the meeting this week on the 15th and kind of rebuked, rebuked Kevin a little bit about what he said. So let's play those comments. And this gets back to my adage, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, another note on ARPA is that I want to address Mayor Pro Tem, your comment last 
meeting about premium pay. You said that premium pay should be a one-time payment and that it should only be provided to those making roughly $30,000 a year. Uh, my question is then why did this council approve premium pay for our city manager? Um, she makes $220,000 a year. She doesn't make under that $30,000 and she has been receiving premium pay for the past two months. Uh, this council gave premium pay to somebody making $220,000 and is now manufacturing a criteria that someone must make less than $30,000 to receive a one-time premium pay. Um, similarly, the police receive their annual premium pay. Management employees got their annual premium pay for three years and not a single management employee makes less than $30,000, but they got their premium pay for three years, not just a one-time payment. So just because they work for the city does not mean that they are more impact <clears throat> does not mean that they were more impacted by this pandemic or more deserving of premium pay. We should support all essential workers by providing them all premium pay, not just city employees. All residents of Merced who were in essential workers, we should support them all. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And then we had a speaker come up from the Party of Socialism and Liberation. Good evening. Hello, my name is Peng Chaving, and I'm with the Party of Socialism and Liberation. I wanted to request that ARPA money be spent for one, affordable housing and a trust fund. Two, for SB 244 water connection. And three, to invest in youth programs, youth jobs, and a UBI program, especially for youth who are in the criminal justice system or foster care system. These youth come from unprivileged parents and families and homes, and they need the help. They need the extra boost resources to help them survive this economic hardship time. And four, I want you to invest in premium pay for low-wage workers. I've been to foster farms, and if you've ever been to foster farms, you will know that it smells, it's dirty, it stinks, and it's hard work. It's dangerous work. And the people who go there are people who don't speak English, people who only get paid $12 an hour, people who don't have health care benefits or retirement benefits. These workers work really hard. They work long shifts and get paid low. And they live here in Merced. And they travel to Livingston to work in Livingston Foster Farms in these conditions. So I'm asking you to remember the essential workers who bring the food to your tables during the pandemic COVID-19. They risk their lives and we call them heroes. So let's not forget the low wage workers. The low wage workers are the ones who risk their lives and got nothing for it. And you know, um, meeting by meeting, we see you approve the money for the police, the city workers, the supervisors, and the city manager who makes $220,000 a year. And yet you ask the people to tell you what you want from, two, from, a, from a survey study session and two public hearings. And they come to you and beg you to what to spend the money on. And I hope that you listen to them and that you help the people, the working class. And it is ridiculous that now that you have come to the last meeting, that you talked about having a rule of an income maximum of $30,000. Where was this rule when you were giving this money to the police? Where was this rule when you were giving this money to the city manager? And you only say only a one-time payment, yet you give multiple payments every month for, these, for the police and the city manager and supervisors and managers. I hope that you think about the low-wage workers, because they're the ones who are the real essential workers. And, you know, just coming up with these rules, your rules are racist and classist. 
all you care is about the rich white people. And you know what, UBI, you think it's a free handout for poor people? Well, when you give free handouts to rich people, you're, you don't even hesitate to give it to them. Thank you. Thank you. So as you can see, there was quite a bit of pushback for the city council giving any money to city employees because of what they make. Again, the ARPA money was meant just for that. So I think there's some misconception on these folks' part wanting to have money just distributed to the community. I understand that everybody had an impact. I had an impact. Our hours were reduced here at the station, and again, we were still required to come and work even though they were reduced. And again, you just had to get what you could get out there. There were a lot of different programs, utility relief, rental relief, eviction moratoriums, rental forgiveness, uh, utility forgiveness, all kinds of things. There's still some things in the pipeline with the city that some of this ARPA money can be used for. I think one of the biggest things is possibly the water bills, the water, sewer, garbage bills that are piling up delinquencies in that area. But to just give people checks for just breathing air is a very, very difficult thing. So I wanted to play some of those comments. We'll pick them up after the break because we're out of time in this segment, second segment of Citizen Watch. Saturday morning, two in the can. We'll be right back. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch, Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Citizen Watch. So happy that we're uh, able to get together. Little new content. 8 a.m. hour, November 20th. Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. KYOS, got to give the slate. Hey, don't forget Dave Luna, the big kahuna. In this evening, 5 to 6, cruising with Dave. I don't know what you guys are looking for, but hey, get on out there. Cruising's expensive with Dave Luna. Man, you got to take out a HELOC loan on the house there. We were covering the Merced City Council meeting that was held last Monday night, November 15th. Very, very fast-paced. Kevin Blake, the mayor, pro tem. Ooh, I better add that. Pro tem. Really showing uh, leadership. People uh, commenting from the dais, from the public. Facebook. I mean, it was all over. Uh, the night and day, even though it was at night, the night and day uh, running of the meeting, the running of the bulls. It was like, I tell you, it's like Barcelona. Sometimes those meetings are very, very contentious. But not this time. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Blake setting the rules. Got a little heat from his comments at the previous meeting on November 1st about maybe, you know, giving some UBI, a little spiff, one-time shot. Check to folks uh, making around 30000 We played some comments 
uh, from folks that were upset about that. We're going to play one more, and then we're going to get into something else. But again, you hear the socialists stand up again. People over profit, baby. You better start learning that term, you business community, you realtors, you boosters, you folks out there trying to make a buck, you capitalists, free enterprise, the greatest system on the face of the planet. But let me tell you, there's some folks that want to change it. People over profit. Now, I don't understand how you're going to get things unless you make a little profit. But again, it sounds fun, doesn't it? So let's go to another comment, kind of uh, giving Kevin a little heck for even suggesting the 30,000 be the threshold after you've given the police, the fire, those, you know, let's abolish those departments. Well, I don't know about fire, but they definitely want to get rid of the police, some of these folks, or redirect their funding. They realize that's not a popular stance anymore. So the, you don't hear the, uh, you know, defund ice, all out, you know, ice out of your drinks, ice out of the, out of the ice machine. No, they, they, uh, they kind of, they go about it in a different way, but they don't want to give the money to the police, and they really take offense to that. So here we go. Another comment from the public. Good evening, Mayor Pro Tem, City Council members, audience members. My name is Shang Zhang with Leadership Council, and I also want to speak to the ARPA process um, that the city has in place. Um, we've had one public hearing so far with another at the next meeting on December 6th. Uh, we have written two letters describing um, what uh, residents have been wanting, and obviously they, you know this. Um, we, you've see, hopefully seen the letters. Um, they follow around affordable housing, the SB 244 analysis, uh, premium pay, and youth investments. Now, at the last meeting, you um, in and more or less uh, voted for what is your priorities. Uh, we know what those priorities are, but we don't know any breakdown or details of how that money will be spent. Um, we want to make sure that the audience and people watching have this information three days before the meeting. Uh, we requested a meeting uh, with city staff, but have not gotten one and have been asked to write in what we would like to see. Now we have done that already and we want to have a dialogue with you all and you'll, um, some of you have already gotten meeting requests from us. But it goes to show what will the city do for affordable housing because in what we wrote, we described um, some habitability concerns that residents have, particularly those living in affordable housing. Uh, the city struck down the rental registries a couple months ago, but there are still concerns that people living in places, um, they have to deal with problems, right? That they're, um, that nobody uh, is accountable for. If their landlords don't respond or they're afraid of retaliation, they don't have anybody to go to to address these concerns. Um, uh, some of them are code enforcement. Some may not raise to the, uh, be raised to the level of public uh, health and safety safety um, risk, but they still need to be addressed. And then with premium pay, what parameters are going to go into that? Is there anything substantial that's going to come out at the next meeting that will address that? If you have looked at other cities like Oxnard, they have uh, given um, a premium pay to their grocery store workers. What's being discussed about that intentionally that's going to present something substantial at the December 6th meeting? So even though you are planning to have this conversation in December, there needs to be more that's being talked there needs to be more talked about so that you are you can show exactly how this money is going to be spent and not just underwater under housing under beautification things like that it's too vague and it sounds like you're doing these public hearings just to say you're doing them but nothing is really taken into consideration intentionally so please uh, accept the meetings with us uh, when we um, for a time that works for all of us but 
we hope to be talking with you more in depth about this. Thank you. Thank you. So again, Kevin maintaining decorum, moving the meeting right along. You heard in the previous segment, the socialists really uh, get really mad about the rich white people and your rules being racist and class uh, orientated. And then the last speaker in this segment wanting to have special meetings with the city, making requests to discuss these things. That's why there were postcards sent out. There was outreach. There were surveys. All of these groups had plenty of opportunities to make their voices, their intentions known on what they wanted the ARPA money spent on. I don't think it's any secret. It's the same droning or drumbeat uh, every time on uh, the same issues over and over again. And again, very derogatory language to anything other than their issues or seeing your way to approve their issues. Again, rules are racist, class-based, and uh, just benefit, quote-unquote, rich white people. And so I have to give Kevin credit for at least moving these comments and items along. I think they're old tropes that don't play well. They may sound well to the youth that don't realize that this is nothing new. This is something that's been trotted out for decades and decades and only recently has become in vogue and in fashion. But there's plenty of opportunities for voices to be heard. And there's so many voices that don't show up at these meetings that the city council represents and realize that just because you go up there and are very vocal, 10, 15 of you, you don't make up the entire district and don't represent all of the needs and wants that the council members need to be aware of. You notice there was comment about the rental registry and code enforcement. And the comment was made in there by the speaker that some issues don't rise to the level of health and safety issues, but still need to be addressed. Well, we're not counselors. I, you know, there's public safety, there's building code violations, those type of things. We have existing enforcement methods in place. This is why I was so against the rental registry when it was proposed by Chief Parker and Mayor Serrato, Councilman Serrato at the time, actually. It snowballed into a officious, bureaucratic process that if you rented one room in your house, you would fall under this requirement to have a permit, and then your property would only be inspected every 10 years due to the fact they didn't have enough personnel to make the rounds to all the property. So that was soundly voted down, but you still have people that aren't happy with that. They want a registry. They want to vilify the real estate community, the property management community, private property ownership. They want to come after it. And when they talk about having an enforcement or some sort of mechanism that doesn't even need to address public safety, but quote unquote, other issues. Well, what are those other issues? So again, is, is it uh, rental moratoriums? What, what are these other issues? So again, these things that you think you have put to bed as a group or have addressed, well, you know, we voted on that. It's not going to come up again. Guess what? Guess what? It will. It's just like years ago when the uh, rental, uh, rental, mor rental rate moratorium wanted to be floated here in town. So I think this rental registry is not dead. And there's a lot of groups and a lot of folks that are trying to resurrect that. And a universal basic income, 
Again, we have $27 million. There's so many things that we could do here in the city of Merced that need to be done uh, that we, we've talked about. There has been some talk, you know, about real projects, the uh, park, Kitty Land. Those folks stood up at the meeting, uh, asked for some private donations. They put a lot of money into Kitty Land. It's kind of a jewel. It's a one-off. You don't see something like that around a lot. Roading Park, even in Fresno, doesn't have something like that. They haven't had any visitors for two years. They give back to the community, the Kiwanis, privately funded. A lot of people take their kids there. Why don't we fund something like that? It's for the youth, for the children, it's for everybody. I think Laura's Fountain, that's something that I personally would love to see renovated. A lot of people take pictures there. It needs to be taken up, the ground recompacted. I'm sure you can get some community buy-in, just like you did for the roller hockey rink over there in Applegate Park. The city contributed a little money. Private invested investors contributed some money. This ARPA funds, I think, can be leveraged and used in a lot of different ways. There was also some talk on the discussion. We're not going to get into the back and forth about public comment. As you know, COVID-19, I opined on my views at the first on the first segment about the Christmas parade this year being a reverse parade, a virtual parade, not being what Old Town Merced, what Downtown Merced should be which is an in-person parade. It's funny how Atwater is going to have an in-person parade. They've got their ice rink over there, 50, 60 people skating on the ice. Uh, I don't I don't see a problem with getting people together this time of year. But nonetheless, the city council meetings are coming under the COVID rules, and they have to go on these ongoing resolutions to keep them going the way they are, which, again, Kevin Blake showing leadership, specifically saying wanting to get back to normal, bringing all of the council members back together up on the dais, chair to chair, no separation, no spreading them out. That way the press now has a, a seat again, which will be much appreciated at the next meeting. But there was talk about the public comment, and they've allowed telephone calls. If you call in before 1 or 1.30, they'll play your calls up to three minutes. This has been somewhat onerous, as a lot of people have been forced to call because there's been no in-person meetings. Now they've gone to a hybrid approach where they take telephone calls and in-person voice comments. Discussion on the dais back and forth. It was a 3-3 vote. Three people were for discontinuing playing those calls during the actual meeting. Three people were still for playing those calls because they gave it, they felt it gave certain members of the public that may not come down, couldn't come down, transportation, whatever, uh, giving them a voice to be heard. I tend to agree with that contingent. I know it's onerous. I know the meetings are long. But again, I think if they're ran correctly, Listening to somebody for 180 seconds is not going to kill you. And again, it's uh, a lot of people don't take their full 180 seconds. I take every minute this station gives me. Some people just want to call in and say yes or no, or I support something. Other, people's go, other people go on and on. There are uh, serial callers as far as the same thing over and over. And there are rules where they can discontinue the public comment, I think, after 30 minutes if it's on the same subject. The point is is there's rules, you're elected to listen to the people. Sometimes it's uncomfortable, sometimes it's long, sometimes it goes a long way. But uh, I think they should still uh, entertain the phone-in calls and listen to them. If you're going to get rid of it, get rid of it completely like you did before and make people come down. But if you're going to have the option for people to call in, I don't think you should rely on the council to take it on their own to hear it at their leisure when it would be uh, imperative or better heard when they're all sitting there at the dais in public 
and you can see that they are truly listening. So that's just my opinion on that. That wasn't really resolved. They hope to get the mayor back in the next meeting, take another vote uh, to break it. That's one of the reasons you have an odd number on these councils, boards, and commissions, which is something else that was discussed at the meeting later on. I don't know if we'll get to it. But we're out of the we're out of time. Third and final segment's done. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM 1480 AM KYOS. We'll see you next week or after the break. You don't want to miss it. We're gonna continue. Bonus half hour. Bye-bye.